Welcome to the Scalar Learning Podcast, your central hub for all things related to education. Join us every episode for the most up-to-date tips and strategies on how to maximize student potential. Sit back, listen, and enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Scalar Learning Podcast. Today, we are taking it back to another episode about the applications of math, the real-world applications of math. And I got somebody really interesting on the show today because he used to do something that you'll, you probably won't meet a lot of people that go into this line of work, and it's pretty fascinating. There's been movies made about it, like Rounders, and... It's it's quite honestly, it's, I, I think it's very fascinating, very intriguing for somebody to be able to turn, well, he's a professional or was a professional poker player, to turn something like that, to turn a game into a profession where he basically not only completely survived off it, but thrived, was able to travel all over the world, play in tournaments in every country you can imagine for eight years especially in something that's very highly competitive and really sought after. I think it's a real uh, privilege and pleasure to have this guy on the show. And he's, we're going to talk about his journey, what he did as far as getting to the skill level that he was able to attain, and also, of course, how math played a role in his abilities and basically being a phenomenal poker player. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Subasa Manabi to the show. Subasa, how's it going? Hey, Josefa, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining. I really appreciate it. And right now, Subasa is actually visiting Los Angeles. At where are you normally based? Or you, you've been traveling for the last year pretty much nonstop. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, grew up in Germany and I was always based in Europe. But yeah, since, since roughly two years, I've been traveling without having a proper base. And where all have you traveled to? Um, during the last two years, I've been in you know, New Zealand, Japan, Southeast Asia, uh, Northern, North America, uh, in the US and uh, like Northern Europe, European countries I like to visit during the summer. So like, I really like Stockholm and Oslo, these kind of areas Very and nice. always going back and forth to Germany. Right. Okay. Excellent. So poker, how did this how did this begin? Did you always like games or like cards or how did, how did you get into poker? Yeah, so uh, as a kid, I always liked games. Um, I liked to play the Japanese version of chess with my dad. And uh, the biggest difference between chess and the Japanese version of chess is that you can reuse the uh, figures you take out of the opponent. So uh, that's a little bit more complex than um, than chess, and I used to play that with my dad quite a bit. And, and you- yeah, like uh, poker, I n- encountered poker when I was nineteen, I think, when I was finishing high school, and it was a there was a advertisement on of an online poker school, which promoted poker in a way mostly by saying it isn't a gambling game, it is a game of skill. So 
I wasn't very interested in the gambling part, but I, I got very intrigued that it was a game of skill. I didn't know about know that about poker at all. So I got into that. Now, when we talk about now, you were playing mostly online games. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I now, did. now when we're talking about poker. Like my dad actually loves poker, and he watches the World Series of Poker and things like that. I know when it's face to face competition. A major part of the game, maybe not major, but I, it seems to be me to be major, is reading your opponents or reading other players. And from, from their facial expressions or other different signs, you can essentially figure out what maybe they might be holding. When, in the online component, is that there to any extent? Is there anything you can read or is that part of the game pretty much gone? Um, online, you can't read like facial expressions at all, so you have to derive all the information from the betting patterns and from the history of the um, play you have with him. And you can make some assumptions based on that, but you don't have any reads like people classically um, think of at all online. Interesting. And does when you play in person... Does that actually, or I mean, does the fact that you played online, does that make it easier for you in person then to basically, because before you like don't have this entire component and now you have an added element that you can use or how does that work? Well, that's also a skill set you have to develop or, well, you have or you don't have. But uh, one thing is, I think it's vastly overestimated by the general public, the, um, the part which you call reading, reading the players. Maybe that's a part of my skill set, which is not very developed because I'm mostly played online. But still, even if I like give it a lot of room within within the within the offline play, let's say I I would never I would think it's it it just can't be more than ten percent of the game. Ah, very interesting. So when you were, you said you were intrigued by the fact that it was a game of skill. How did you then, what was your practice routine like? Or how did you study it and then get so good at poker? Um, Studying-wise, it's just like another strategy game. Like, um, I don't, um, I won't go that deep into how I practice because that would go too much into detail but um, the the only difference with let's say let's take chess as as the comparison because it's I guess the easiest the only difference between a strategy game like chess and poker is that there is variance involved so that means uh, it has a component of luck in it so um yeah that has very deep implications like you you do you might uh do the right thing and still still lose or the other other uh, other thing happens too you you might do a horrible play and still win anyway so evaluating your own play is very tough that is a very significant part of poker now, when you were when you were beginning out, or even throughout the years, how many when you're not, let's say, playing in tournaments or doing these things, how many hours were you? Would you spend each day practicing or honing your skills as far as being a good poker player? 
Um, especially at the beginning, I put a lot of time into theory and reviewing my game. Maybe at the beginning it was like 70% theory and reviewing my own play or thinking about the game and 30, 30% uh, actual playing. But over the years, it changes a lot. And you always put in, or at least should put in time into theory and practice, but the playtime gets the majority. And by that, I mean 80% plus, I'd say. And the playtime where you always, when you're playing, were you always playing for money or would you sometimes play just for fun, or not just for fun, but play without any stakes just to hone your skills? No, it's uh, always, real money is always involved. Otherwise, it you, um, Pokus is, is interesting because it is a game where you have to consider the other opponent's moves as well. You have to do that in chess as well, but if you play well in chess, in the sense that you don't make any mistakes, you you just don't lose, and... In poker, you have to adjust to the opponent quite a bit. So one move which is very good against a good player might might be very bad against a bad player. So it doesn't make sense to change the environment too much. I see. Now, let's talk a little bit about math and math in poker. So first of all, what what types of or how would did you use math in your journey as far as becoming a good poker player? Um, the first thing people think of when um, when you combine math, um, or at least I get always asked, um, do you know all the probabilities of X and, X and Z happening? And my answer is actually I don't, <laughs> because these are not very relevant num- numbers. Um, the most important concept in poker is probably expected value and uh, which is yeah part of probability theory I th- I think and uh, everything evolves around yeah expected value so you try to maximize that by by adjusting strategies and yeah can you can so, you define can you define expected value um, that's the payoff times the probability. So let's say you have a you have a coin which is fifty fifty on each on heads and tails. Every time you bet a certain amount, um, you get half the payoff, right? So let's say you bet hundred bucks on on heads, and your expected value is hundred times 0.5. So it will be fifty bucks. Got it. So you take those probabilities and then you multiply them by whatever amount of money you might reach and so it's so in a way you the expected value you are kind of using essentially the probability the probability value well i guess of winning but not necessarily the probability of let's say a straight occurring or a flush or things like that uh say it again sorry so essentially when you when you're calculating expected value inherent in is that in that is that you have to you have to know the probability of winning in a particular hand and that I, I suppose that does have some or that does lie somewhat in what's your likelihood of getting a flush or straight on a particular draw would you is that correct I mean are you still kind of using are you still somewhat roughly have to know what your likelihood is of winning based on getting a certain draw yes you definitely have to know that but there are like so many so many other variables too that 
like unknown variables that it isn't super important to know the probability of each event happening on on let's say the point point oh oh one decimal would you say now that poker because i've heard this from some of my friends that being an, being a professional poker player is getting tougher and tougher as more and more people are becoming aware of the game. Would you say that today is truer than, say, eight years ago? Yes, that is definitely true. Because um, every game can be solved, right? And, and do you know? Um, and by that, I mean, there's every game has an equilibrium point. And the closer you get to that, there's less edge to be gained. So there's less advantage for for the better player. Basically, um, to say it in a very simple way, if nobody doesn't make mistakes, there's no money to be made. And it's getting closer and closer to that point, the more the game is played and yeah, being solved. It's essentially, I think what, in, I, I totally get what you're saying. Essentially, as more and more players are becoming aware of the nuances, getting more into it, learning about it, what happens is there's less of a margin for people to take advantage of. There's le- like, if you had a lot of newbies or things like that that were playing the game against you, you could really capitalize on their lack of knowledge. But as that gap shortens or, or gets more and more narrow, Right then, it of course it becomes more difficult, and that and that makes sense. I remember too. I mean, it seems as though a lot of movies, Hollywood, all these World Series of Poker shows, just making it more and more popular and sexy, essentially to become a poker player, is probably drawing in all these different people, and hence making it much more competitive. Yes, and it's it's a huge industry, so people get drawn to that, and yeah, where where the money is uh there's like people people take effort to get better at it so now that now you've been retired for about two years is that correct roughly yeah three years from the from the high stakes so what made you want to retire or move on to something else well the the main reason is basically like i'm not creating any value for for society it's just like it's a job which in which you take other people's money and that's the whole purpose of and and goal of of doing that so well well i don't regret doing it i didn't want to do it for the rest of my life so i yeah at some point i've i've had enough i've i've achieved what i wanted to achieve and yeah, pretty much say goodbye. Do you ever still go and play for fun with your friends or maybe kind of sneak into a, a like a poker tournament with your friends, not tell anybody that you play? And do you ever do things like that? Uh, not really. The only time I play is when I get invited to an interesting poker game. And by that, I don't mean I can make a lot of money, but there it's a gathering of interesting people. Ah, that makes sense. And so that, and so we can safely say you'll probably never go back into that profession. Yes. Yeah, I'm hundred percent sure. Cool. And what do you have on the horizon next? What do you want? What would you like to go into? I know you've been taking some time off, and you did very well with poker. You were able to travel and do some things. But what do you see next on the horizon? Um, whilst uh, when I quit the high stakes uh, poker, 
I started uh, uh, tr- uh, getting getting training as a as a, a therapist, and after after three years, I got a therapist degree. And since poker was a uh, poker is a very mental mentally draining and mentally challenging sport, so um, now I now I uh, yeah take advantage of my experiences. My, as a poker player and combined it with, uh, with therapy. And now I do, uh, mental coaching for professional athletes and financial trading. It's awesome. Very cool. So Subasa, let's end with this. If there's anybody listening, any kids, parents, and they have an interest in poker, they want to at least dabble in it or try being a professional poker player. How do they get started? What do you, what do you recommend? Well, first of all, I wouldn't recommend anybody to become a professional poker player these days. It's okay. just <laughs> Well, it's it's I think it's a very nice hobby to have. It's a very fun game and very complex game too, so it's a very nice intellectual exercise. Um making that a profession brings its yeah, perks and disadvantages too. So I definitely can't that can recommend that to anyone, but yeah, if anybody wants to give it a shot, I would definitely um, start out by reading and researching a lot and not just jump into the game straight away. Like, And yeah, because if you play with real money, you can lose a lot of real money too. So That makes sense. Yeah. Do you, Is there one book in particular that you would recommend as a starter? Um... Poker books are unfortunately all outdated. So, but there are online uh, poker training sites. So one one site would be runitonce.com. That is pretty advanced, but this is one of my favorite f- favorite uh, poker education sites, which I used to visit frequently. All right, perfect. I will put that in the show notes, runitonce.com. Subasa, thank you so much for joining today. Of course, that is something interesting to me. Uh, my dad is really big into poker. He loves playing poker and watching. So cool, excellent. Thank you so much. If you guys want to check out the show notes, you can always find them at www.scalerlearning.com. And again, if you guys have questions or comments, feel free to email me at huzefa at scalerlearning.com. If you haven't done so yet, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We got new episodes coming out every day for the rest of the summer. I'm going to be working hard to bring you guys a lot of awesome information and content. So please check back on the regular, write a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you so much for joining. I'll see you guys next time. Take it easy. Yeah.